From Kindred Church, your inclusive church family. This podcast is a collection of sermons from our weekly worship services in Durham, North Carolina. Whatever your background is, wherever you are on your faith journey, we hope this message helps you take your next steps in response to God's unconditional love. Well, hello and welcome to Kindred. It's so good to be with you. If this is your first time to tune in with us, we're especially glad that you've joined us. And if we've not met before, my name is Daniel. I'm the pastor here. It's great to be with you. Uh, Real fast, before we get into the sermon for today, just a quick reminder that if you consider Kindred to be your church home, and if you haven't yet filled out your 2023 commitment form, uh, I would love for you to take just a quick minute to, to do that. It really helps us to know how much different folks in our church family are planning to contribute to the church financially in the year ahead so that we can be budgeting and we can be planning our our ministries for 2023 uh, accordingly. Now, uh, if you're just new to us today, if you're you're a visitor with us, uh, we're not looking for any kind of financial commitment from you, uh, of course, but for those of us who do consider Kindred to be our church home, we'd love for everybody uh, to just take a quick second and fill out that 2023 commitment form. You can find the link to that form in the video description or the podcast description here. Thanks for taking a second to do that. Uh, Well, our scripture for today comes from 1 Corinthians, we're looking at chapter 1, verses 10 through 18, and it says this. Now, I encourage you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, agree with each other and don't be divided into rival groups. Instead, be restored with the same mind and the same purpose. My brothers and sisters, Chloe's people gave me some information about you that you're fighting with each other. What I mean is this. That each one of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized into Paul's name? Thank God I didn't baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that nobody can say that you were baptized in my name. Oh, I baptized the house of Stephanus too. Otherwise, I don't know if I baptized anyone else. Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the good news. And Christ didn't send me to preach the good news with clever words so that Christ's cross won't be emptied of its meaning. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are being destroyed, but it is the power of God for those of us who are being saved. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, now uh, we have a a special treat. Our friend Pastor Charlie Baber is back uh, to to preach for us. Some of you know this, but uh, Pastor Charlie is the pastor of youth ministries at our mother church, which is University United Methodist in downtown Chapel Hill. And Pastor Charlie is going to kick off a new two-part sermon series for us today that's all about division and unity. So let's take a listen. Good morning, Kindred Church, and thank you so much for welcoming me to Uh, be here to preach with you this morning. Uh, For many of us, November has become the season where we're trying to be grateful and thankful people. But the reality is we're marching from divisive elections to family Thanksgiving meals, often with divided families. Now, my late grandma always had this rule at Thanksgiving. Nobody could talk about politics, religion, or sports. So instead, we fought over who had to still sit at the kids' table, even though all of us were now in our 20s and 30s. Now, families can be so divided over politics that more and more people would rather just 
not even sit at the same table at all. Maybe you're even wondering if you're going to feel safe to go home to your family this Thanksgiving. So between all the elections and Thanksgiving, we thought it would be a good idea to explore division and unity within the church. This week and next, Pastor Daniel and I will be exploring some of the roots of division and offer a biblical perspective on paths towards unity. But if you're looking for easy answers before you have to sit next to Uncle Buck in two weeks, I'm sorry to say you are not going to find them here today. Instead, today, I'm going to focus especially on the roots of division in our own denomination. So, Kindred is a congregation of the United Methodist Church, a denomination that formed in 1968 after several like-minded denominations decided we had enough in common that we needed to unite together. The Methodists had existed in America since the American Revolution, but split into separate denominations right down the Mason-Dixon line over the issue of slavery. In 1968, just weeks after the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., Northern and Southern Methodists agreed that denominational unity was a crucial witness to society during the Civil Rights Movement. This meeting was called the Uniting Conference. But after centuries of slavery and Jim Crow segregation, the African-American delegates had earned the right to be suspicious of the church's capability for unity, and many stood outside of the conference doors holding signs with the title of King's final book, Where Do We Go From Here? Chaos or Community? And that seems to be the question for the ages. Where do we go from here? Chaos or community? From our very beginning as United Methodists, we have struggled to maintain a balance between chaos and community. Within four years of uniting, conservative Methodists and liberal Methodists found it very difficult to agree on much at all. The 1960s were a tumult of American politics. The Vietnam War had eroded confidence in government authority. Civil rights for African Americans didn't magically eradicate racism. And long-held patriarchal beliefs did not disappear as women gained more and more rights in the country. The Stonewall Riots of 1969 brought the gay rights out of the closet and onto the TV screen, and the new United Methodist Church wanted to offer hope in the midst of a changing culture. So, United Methodists selected a commission of people across theological spectrums to draft what was called the social principles that would guide the moral arc of the denomination. Now, careful study had been largely approved to affirm a healthy and positive view on sexuality, including language, accepting homosexuals as persons of sacred worth, welcomed into the fellowship of the church, people for whom we must ensure their human and civil rights. But immediately, debate opened on the floor of that 1972 conference, rooted more in fear and a misunderstanding of uh, the gay community than in facts or careful 
biblical study. So motions were made quickly to eliminate language about homosexuality altogether. But in the end, the church legislation was made to denounce, and I quote, the practice of homosexuality as incompatible with Christian teaching. Incompatible means two things so opposed in character as to be incapable of existing together. It seems that we thought the best way to avoid chaos was to decide exactly who could not be in our community. Now, for the last 50 years, individuals and lobby groups have worked hard to remove the harmful language from our book of discipline. That's like our book of beliefs and rules. And in in 2012, we famously tried to make a motion that we agree to disagree on LGBTQ issues, but even that failed. Y'all, we couldn't even agree that we disagreed. Uh, If you remember U.S. history in 2015, the U.S. Supreme Court legalized same-sex marriage across the country, once again bringing the issue to the forefront of many congregations who had previously been indifferent about gay inclusion. In 2016, the first openly gay bishop was elected in our denomination, Bishop Karen Oliveto, a United Methodist clergy across the denomination were beginning to practice uh, civil disobedience to the denomination's book of discipline uh, as clergy started officiating same-sex marriages and accepting the consequences. You see, at the time, and still to this day, a clergy person can lose their ordination for blessing a same-sex marriage or publicly confessing themselves to be gay. The election of Bishop Oliveto who is married to her wife, along with an increase in United Methodist clergy officiating same-sex marriages, resulted in the formation of a new group within United Methodism um, that was uniting a lot of uh, maybe more fringe uh, groups that were against LGBT inclusion. Um, This group was called the Wesleyan Covenant Association, or WCA for short, The WCA defined themselves as upholding this traditional biblical orthodoxy in regards to homosexuality, and uh, specifically, it appealed to a law and order mentality in church politics. This means uh, there's no place for civil disobedience in the church, and that anyone who violates the book of discipline must be swiftly removed. Um, So much like a legal divorce between a married couple, conversations were beginning in our denomination around the best and perhaps most just way to divide our denomination. But like a legal divorce, this stuff can't just happen on a whim just because you don't want to be together. It has to happen in global meetings of delegates And, uh, you know, just like what brought us together at the Uniting Conference in 1968. But COVID made all this tricky, so uh, the global meeting kept being postponed. And this year, 2022, when that global meeting got postponed yet again, the WCA declared they were getting out no matter what. They announced the launch of a new denomination, which they're calling the Global Methodist Church, or GMC for short. And with that announcement, 
many United Methodist congregations felt an urgency to make decisions on their loyalties. Right now, 30% of United Methodist congregations in our North Carolina conference have reached the majority vote required to disaffiliate, which means to leave the United Methodist denomination. Now, I haven't found any exit surveys that offer the statistics on the reasons that are being given for leaving, but if you read enough articles and talk to enough uh, people, it seems like disagreements on human sexuality is kind of just, it's like the visible tip of the iceberg. Under the surface, uh, one finds Christians unable to unite because of differences in political allegiance, uh, especially opposing beliefs on how the Bible is to be read and interpreted, and a kind of a general mistrust in the structure of the denomination. Unfortunately, the church so often continues to parallel divisions in our society, and misinformation and fear tactics are often employed to convince people that we can't stay together. It is so much easier perhaps even natural, to assume the best about uh, the group I belong to and to assume the worst about the group that opposes mine. And guess what? I get it. I'm a gay United Methodist pastor. My very existence in this role is an act of civil disobedience, and that puts me at odds with my siblings in Christ who believe that at best, I should be stripped of my credentials as a pastor, and at worst, I'm not actually a Christian. I serve in a denomination that legislatively declares I cannot actually exist as both gay and Christian, because being gay and Christian are incompatible. That language has done more harm to me than I could possibly describe in a sermon, and it has pushed countless beautiful LGBTQ souls into believing that God hates them. But today's sermon is not a justification of my existence in the church and world. Look, we've been here, y'all. We love Jesus, and we love who God made us to love. Deal with it. And so some churches are not dealing with it. They're leaving. They're leaving the, the denomination. So what do we do? Where do we go from here, friends? Chaos or community? Now, it's possible that all this history that I've just shared with you is it, all of it news to you. Maybe you didn't even know that our church is a United Methodist Church. Please rest assured that Kindred Church isn't changing who we are. We have no intentions to disaffiliate. We intend to remain in the United Methodist Church with the hope and strong belief that the larger denomination can and will catch up with our witness of radical kinship and full inclusion of all people in the body of Christ, especially the excluded, the ignored, and the questioning. Kindred means family, and we are committed to inviting and welcoming people into our church family who have historically been excluded from or divided within church communities. 
We are particularly focused on creating a diverse, affirming church community with respect to sexual orientations, gender identities, and racial ethnic identities. And, and this commitment to community is deeply rooted in our faith in Christ. Now, in today's scripture, uh, we get an introduction to the Apostle Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth, Greece. Paul wrote most of the letters in the New Testament of our Bible, and often he wrote like a worried parent reminding his children how to get along. Paul was concerned when he heard that his community in Corinth was dividing into factions, and to this, Paul gave us some pretty difficult advice. He said, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, agree with each other and don't be divided into rival groups. Instead, be restored with the same mind and the same purpose. Thanks for that, Paul. Agree and don't be divided. Got it. Easy peasy. I mean, if unity was as easy as just saying, hey, don't be divided, I'd like to think the world would be a much more peaceful place after 2,000 years of Christianity. But fortunately, this is just the beginning of Paul's letter to the Corinthians, and we'll get 16 whole chapters to explore his ideas just on how that unity comes into being. But there are hints of it already here at the beginning. So in our English translation uh, that Daniel just read for us, it says, be restored with the same mind and same purpose. This word, be restored, is translated from a Greek word, katertismenoi, that means having been knit together. Having been knit together. Let me explain what I'm trying to say to you with this sweater that I'm wearing. Let's assume that the polyester and cotton factions of my sweater have started fighting. Polyester is better. No, cotton is better. Paul looks at the whole sweater and is like, cotton, poly, this is dumb. You are literally already knit together. You are already one sweater. Now do your job and warm up this Charlie character. If, if Christian community is to be restored, it has to begin uh, with the same mind that Christ has already knit us together. There have always been 10 million reasons to be divided, but as Christians, we cling tightly to the foolish belief that the cross of Christ is more powerful than sin, death, and even division. We can and should seek unity because of our common humanity. After all, every one of us is made in the image of God. And we can and should seek unity uh, in spite of our common fallenness. After all, everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. But the cross of Christ reveals an even more powerful bond. The neighbor, the enemy... Each person is someone God sees worth dying for. God may not be for my cause, but God is for me. 
God may not be for your cause, but God is for you. Our legacy and worth does not come from whether we were on the right side of history or whether our bumper stickers and voting records proved our moral superiority. The cross of Christ reveals that God already has gone the distance to prove you are beloved, and so is that arrogant piece of work cousin you're going to see at Thanksgiving. However, please don't mishear me. God's love is equally free for all and freely in all, but that does not magically equate to peace on earth. Paul's command to agree with each other could easily be abused by more powerful factions to demand the minorities and marginalized fall in line or get out in which case we're avoiding chaos by enforcing community to the norms and standards of the people with the most power. But the, the crucifixion of Christ, is, it's a reversal. It's an undermining of empire. It's not an endorsement of it. Community uh, cannot happen by removing the chaos element of the people who don't fit in with it. And community is formed through this crucifixion of Christ. And, and therefore, sometimes division is absolutely necessary. Like when the colonial church in America insisted that black Christians were inherently subjugated to white Christians, the black church left and formed a counter-protest church movement. Now, the white church probably saw that as creating chaos instead of community. Uh, but sometimes it's better to work towards unity by giving yourself the space and freedom from oppression and abuse. The United Methodist Church has its problems. But by and large, the denomination has decided to focus more on what unites us through the cross of Christ than what divides us by our different ideologies. I, I do believe that the denomination is very quickly heading towards a much more inclusive stance on LGBTQ Christian issues, um, but that's still going to take a lot of work. It's not just going to happen like that. And it saddens me that so many churches would rather leave than do that hard work. Perhaps my message today has stirred up more questions than answers. Um, luckily, Pastor Daniel will be preaching on this same scripture next week with an emphasis on unity. So uh, uh, we'll see if you've got it all figured out from here. Thanks, Daniel. But I don't think today's message is without hope. If you hold on to any hope, let it be this. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are being destroyed, but it is the power of God for those who are being saved. When you cling to that foolish message that the cross radically redefines every human as the beloved of God, you will not be destroyed by the divisions of this world. The cross of Christ loves the enemy until the enemy is kindred.
Where do we go from here? Chaos or community? May the truth of the cross of Christ give you courage in the face of great adversity. Will you pray with me? Lord, make us channels of disturbance. Where there is apathy, let us provoke. Where there is compliance, let us bring questioning. Where there is silence, may we be a voice. Where there is too much comfort and too little action, grant disruption. Where there are doors closed and hearts locked, grant the willingness to listen. When laws dictate and pain is overlooked, when tradition speaks louder than need, grant that we may seek rather to do justice than just talk about it. Disturb us, O Lord, to be with as well as for the alienated, to love the unlovable as well as the lovely. Lord, make us a channel of disturbance. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, thank you, Pastor Charlie, for that message for us today. We'll uh, get to part two of this series next week, so don't miss that. A couple quick things here for us before we go. Uh, the first is that if you're new to Kindred, I would love to connect with you, and the best way to do that is if you'll uh, click the connect link that you see in the video description or the podcast description here, uh, fill out the short form, and then I'll reach out to you later this week to, to say, hey, I look forward to meeting you and, and getting to know you. Um, also, we would love to see you in in-person worship. If you're local, you can get information about uh, where to find us and, and how to do that on our website. It's kindrednc.church. Uh, and then finally, click the announcements link in the description, and that'll take you to this week's newsletter, uh, which has everything that you need to stay up to date on all the different things we've got going on, all the different ways that you can stay engaged with us and, and growing in your faith with us here at Kindred Church. Uh, with that, friends, remember that we love you, and we hope you have a great week, and may the peace of Christ be with you. Thanks for tuning in. If this message was meaningful to you, consider sharing it with a friend who might also find it meaningful. To support this ministry, to get involved with Kindred Church, or to learn more about us, check out our website, kindrednc.church. We hope you have a great week.